yet again to the Straight Love Podcast. I am, of course, your host that boasts the most roast, DP. Uh, so Jim's doing a countdown right now. Am I, am I starting now or am I starting? Do you remember in- Wayne's World? I love Wayne's World. So they're doing the nod? Right when they're when they're when they move into the big like fancy studio because they get bought out. That's right. And the guy is teaching like the old Wayne's World guys how to do the countdown to like action, and yeah. they're like nodding their heads. <laughs> Three. And then they're two. like counting it like no no you don't count the last two, and they're doing the fingers <laughs> thing, and they just can never get it right. <laughs> Classic Wayne's World man swing. That's a great movie. Yeah, you know I, I don't know if movie the movies like that hold up. Does it hold up? Um, I don't know if I can answer that question because I would watch it and be like, holds up for sure. Yeah, see, I remember I was, I must have been about 21 years old. I was working at a job and there was a guy that was older than me. He was trying to sell me on, I think Animal House is what it's called with John. Yes, John Belushi. Yeah. He's like, you haven't seen Animal House? I'm like, no, man, I'm not a fucking old person like you were. He might have been probably like 29 yeah. at the time, but yeah. I was, you yeah. know, that's still he was a decade. six years old. He might as well have been fucking, you know, yeah. Yeah, he's ancient as far as I'm concerned. He kicked his beef off of his belt. <laughs> Stop fucking talking to me, nerd. <laughs> um, and then I remember I watched Animal House maybe a couple of years later just because I had seen it on TV. And I'm like, I remember this guy talking about it. And I was like, this is so boring. Oh, really? Yeah. It's what just even kinda, happens? I've never seen it. Animal House, what it is? Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of like a college movie. You know, oh. it follows a dorm and they're all getting drunk and, you know, just those kinds of shenanigans. And I think you just had to be a part of it during that kind of period. Yeah. Just like if we showed Wayne's World to a young whippersnapper now, they'd be like, why am I watching this? Oh, I'm sure that would probably be the case. Yeah. yeah. That's why I said I can't be the one who answers if it's held up. You know what I mean? But it's like that with anything. Um, this actually might be a potential segue, so stay tuned. Hold on. I'm gonna I'll let you pick it up if it works. We should get Segway to sponsor this podcast. Like the little scooter things? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I'll see what I can do. Put it on the Toto list. <laughs> um because the thing is, is like I think it's probably similar to even like say for example, movies with like special effects and CGI and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. So okay. at the time when something gets released, you know, like Back to the Future in 1984 or right. 5 or whatever it was, and right. the special effects associated with that, sure, mind-blowing. At the time, for At sure. the time, yeah. amazing, all that stuff. Now, still a good movie. I like Back to the Future, probably more nostalgic than anything. Yeah. But yeah, if you were to show it to a person that's never heard of it, a younger person, they'd be like, this is trash. I agree. Same thing with kind of those movies as well. Like, even... even comedy in in the aspect of that it's just a function of i'm using it loosely but evolution of everything good point man yeah that does make sense doesn't it like what was appealing well i mean there has to be certain things that are consistent over time though right like no matter what they still have the same impact as they did once upon a time i don't think so no way i don't think so maybe there's some anomalies and outliers um i would imagine that those are the case that is the case but even in that respect, I think it's almost just like a like a badge of merit more than anything. Mm. You know, for someone to be like, oh yeah, Gone with the Wind. Right. It's okay, a classic yeah, that'll okay. never be replaced. True. All true. But. But. Yeah. How many people are watching that this weekend? Yeah, let's get serious here. Exactly. They're all watching the newest fill in the blank. I don't know because I don't keep up. You know who doesn't waver no matter what is going to be a kid? Like, you can show a kid the new Super Mario movie. 
and he'll think it's fantastic. And then you can throw on Back to the Future, and he'll be like, I want to watch that again. Like, they're kind of on par. Yeah, that yeah, that could be true. I think it is true. Yeah. Like, I don't have it. I think my nephews were kind of like that. You know, like my sister would, you know, my my nephews just had the same favorite movies over and over again. And they could be anything from movies that were huge in the 80s right up until, you know, mm. wanting to see Toy Story 3 for the hundredth time. Do you think that's more kind of associated with like an innocence? I don't, that's, that's, uh, there has to be something there, man. Yeah. There has to be something. I don't know what that is, but, or maybe kids are just easier to please in that sense. We, maybe, we're, maybe they're in, easier to impress. Maybe, maybe in that sense, I don't know. You will be uh, qualified to answer that question. Ah, uh, yeah, eventually. eventually, for sure. Eventually yeah, you'll be, but not, maybe not exactly right now. But. My daughter just turned three months right now. There you go. Yeah. So she's uh, pretty much anything. I mean, just, you know, making a face at her and she's like, yep, that's, yeah, that's, that's high up. quality entertainment right there. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe. All right. So speaking of, go ahead. No, you were, you, well, you that's, took a big breath there. You got something important to say. Not, well, that's, <laughs> couldn't be more subjective, um, debatable. I was going to say, maybe that's kind of the segue leading up to what we're going to speak about in terms of like the evolution of everything and sort of how it impacts us and can impact us when right. we get more exposure to stuff. Exposure, uh, able to kind of maybe study things in a different way, look at things from a different perspective or yeah. a new perspective or be able to understand things better because we have the capability of measuring them yeah. the way that we couldn't before. Yeah. Larger breadth, more experience. Yeah. 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 So eh, maybe not the best, maybe not our best segue. Mine. <laughs> I'll take that one. I'll take that one as the, the minus one. <laughs> okay. So how do you want to begin here? I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of start off with saying that Jim found this really great article that I, that I uh, had a chance to peruse today. One of them was in the New York times. Or was it the New York post? Uh, somewhere rather like that or Forbes or something. It was Forbes. Yes. Forbes, thank you. That's, that's what it was. One. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll share the, um, the link to the article in the show notes and it was a really, do you have the, like the, the headline of the article even yeah, I do. that we can share? Yeah. How did you come across this first of all? Well, the thing is, is that, okay, the title is new clues into how meditation may boost the immune system. So I've been over the last month or so. Focusing more, you know, the bioenergy stuff that we took in class. Tell people what bioenergy is. So bioenergy is essentially like everyone has bioenergy. So bioenergy you absorb from foods, you know, foods that are have that vibration of them, uh, like non-processed, you know, nutrient dense, dense foods. Uh, The sun is bioenergy all the time. Being outside, fresh oxygen, Mm -hmm. even, you know, like breathing deeply. Grounding yourself in the earth. Yeah, grounding yourself in the earth. So there's all sorts of these things that are like measurable things that you can kind of boost your energy, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, And even I think um, maybe not with the exact same jargon, but um, Andrew Huberman speaks a lot about this kind of stuff. No kidding. Yeah, and he's, uh, or at least maybe not a lot, but I've heard him. And um, he's a very science guy. Last time I checked, yeah. Yeah. And I think really getting a lot more into this practice of like joining science and spirituality. And I don't even know if I would call it spirituality that much anymore, to be honest with you. What would you call it, man? It seems kind of more like science more and more, you know, as time goes on. Like discovering different science. and, And isn't it nice now that we have science that's venturing over into this realm a little bit nor not like like the the two the science world and the spirituality world seems to be crossing a lot more they seem to be filling in each other's gaps a little bit more which yeah i always thought 
you know, the, there were so many scientists one, once upon a time that would poo-poo the world of spirituality and just be like, oh, that's all poppycock and nonsense. Yeah. But now you have people, or some scientists at least, that are willing to explore these kinds of things and look at them through a scientific lens and still, you know, not discount the, I don't want to say supernatural, but the um, the miracles that sometimes exist in a lot of these areas, right? Right, which I think for quite a long time and still that's sort of how it's perceived it's sort of these miraculous kind of instances that occur um without not much data that right. has ever been intentionally gathered or measured to understand why yeah yeah and now that's what's happening so for myself like i've been doing a lot more bioenergy meditations and things along that nature and a lot of them um well, and, and even Alex has said to us tons, you know, in class to do certain kind of practices in the morning and breathing and, you know, it gets certain, uh, uh, like your lymphatic system mm -hmm. activated and helps with your immunity, helps with your healing, yep. uh, all that type of thing. So I was kind of just thinking about that and, and I recalled stuff that I've heard Joe Dispenza speak of oh, where, yeah. where, you know, like they measure these things like... Uh, I won't remember any of the words because they're too scientific for me, but they, they, the way that he's doing his measurements with brain scans and whatever it is that they do, like they're actually producing actual data, you know, like hard evidence that supports, well, it was in, it was in this state on day one and then you did this for 20 days and now it's at this state. Like Love it's, that, man. it's elevated that. or yeah. whatever it might be. Great. So I just thought, I wonder what's happening out there in the world. So I just researched meditation, immune system, things along that nature. And then it came up with these two, you know, the two articles that I sent you that actually they are running these very rigid mm -hmm. um, tests, experiments about meditation, measuring certain things. I think what's big is that they've been able to pinpoint a little bit better things to measure. Yes. Uh, and so now they can actually see what's happening and like the effects of things. That's right. That's yeah. right. I, I, what I thought was interesting was some of the, okay, you, you, you've kind I, of got the information there. I do. Yeah. Okay. This is, uh, it's not the same thing, but this is what it caught Maya that I thought was a good uh, excerpt to share. So it says in this particular article, and there were some interesting changes in the 20,000 genes studied. So they're actually studying genes. Amazing. Um, all the groups showed shifts in the expression of genes related to stress, inflammation, and wound healing. The experienced meditators had particular shifts in genes related to fighting viral infection. They also had increases in telomerase activity, an enzyme that builds telomeres the sections at the ends of chromosomes that help keep them from unraveling. Telomeres shorten over time naturally, and shorter length is linked a number of chronic illnesses, so increasing telomeres length is thought to indicate healthier aging. I maybe didn't read that at, the good, at a good cadence, but the next paragraph says, another shift that occurred was the, in the ratio of two kinds of amyloid beta proteins, which is known to be linked to dementia and depression. Mm -hmm. The novice meditator group had shifts towards a better ratio of the proteins. The experienced meditators, interestingly, started out with better levels, and this didn't change over the course of the study, which suggests that meditation has both short and long-term effects on the levels of this brain compound. Okay, so right, right off the hop there, Matt. <laughs> 
We don't understand the power of the mind. We don't really get yeah. how powerful we are. What a great thing to say. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And I don't know what it's going to take for people to get that, you know? Well, and I think we're kind of a little bit more on a path of going there. But really, what it's taking is these types of studies to bring about the information. And this isn't like one of these studies was done at the universe by a neuroscientist at the university of Florida. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's not just kind of hokey pokey kind of things that are actual, yeah, these, like there's these validity the, and credibility associated with these. A hundred percent. Dude, this wouldn't be in Forbes. First of all, if it wasn't, yeah, fair, you know, if fair it didn't enough. have some sort of credibility here. Yeah. Fair enough. So, and it really speaks to like the, the anti-inflammation properties of things. Yes. Um, it speaks to boosting your immune system. I, I know one of the studies that Joe Dispenza did in his in his groups, the details of the measurability, I don't know, but so he says is that they had um, people practice a 15-minute uh, gratitude meditation type, um, you know, mind frame mm -hmm. focus. Yep. 15 minutes, three times a day. Okay. And 15 or 50, 15, one, five. 15, okay. 15 minutes, three times a day, gratitude, meditation, focus. And they measured their, uh, whatever it is that they measure in terms of like immune response and immune strength. They measured that at the beginning. And then after however many days of this, you know, experiment test subject, they measured it afterward not dissimilar from this other, uh, no one can see me picking up my phone like a dunce, <laughs> but not dissimilar from that, that study that we just had spoken about. They measured it afterwards and they said that it was approximately like an average of a 50% boost in immune that's, strength. And, that's and, enormous. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about inflammation, man. I hear that word get thrown around a lot and how bad it is for our system. You know, like we eat certain diets cause us to be right. inflamed in certain areas, alcohol, like all sorts of different things. Why is that such a terrible thing? So many things cause inflammation and yeah. stress. Yeah. And, I, and that was exactly the word I was about to use, but I was going to use it as sort of like in an umbrella context, because how many, how, for how long have people kind of said tongue in cheek, you know, stress will kill you. Yo, a hundred percent. You know, stress yeah. will wear you out, stress will give you gray hair, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Sorry to cut you off, yeah, yeah. man, but my chiropractor, even I was talking to him about this and he, you know, he says that when he hears when somebody has a heart attack, <clears throat> a lot of people will ask, oh, well, how, how, how heavy were they? What were they eating? And yeah. he's like, the first thing I ask is what did they do for a living? Right. How stressful was his job? Right. Because people don't think about how stress is killing, like stress is, is, is causing right. your arteries to clog for God's sake. And that's just it. And I think it's being now better understood that. Stress is a word that you can apply to so many things, right? Like stress can be something that you apply in a mental context, in an mm -hmm. emotional context, in a physical context, sure, pretty much to anything, right? So if you're experiencing discord or if you're experiencing or subjecting yourself to things that cause a degree of stress. So if you eat crappy food, yep. if you eat shitty food, that's stress for your body. For your system doesn't know how to digest. To digest, okay. to process, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, you're okay. stressing out your body. Mm -hmm. If you're not getting enough nutrients and vitamins, mm -hmm. you're stressing out your body mm. to just do its normal functions. Okay. You're not giving it enough. You know, it's like, it's, it's a silly analogy, but it's like putting 
shitty fuel into a vehicle. No, that's a great analogy. Or putting, you know, putting fuel that's got water in it into your vehicle. It ain't going to, it might run, but it ain't going to run well. No. And you'll notice. Hmm. And it applies to all these things in terms of, you know, if you have stressful relationships, if you have a stressful mind frame, like you said, if you have a stressful job and all these things cause inflammation. Inflammation. Think about how tense you are. Yeah. Like if you're stressed out, you know, like you physically like gripping the steering wheel while you're driving, right. you know, like your whole body is just tense right up, you know, like yeah, being in that state, is just going to cause such an incredible amount of, of stress within yourself. It's just not a good being to, to, to kind of be in. And I'm sure that they've proven this very conclusively now they've monitored when people are experiencing emotions, different emotions and what's happening in your body. And for sure, when you're angry, yeah. uh, you know, or depressed or, you know, any, any myriad of these types of emotions that, that aren't emotions of happiness or peace or calm or things like that. Not suggesting that everyone needs to learn how to be happy and peaceful and calm all the time. I mean, that's the ultimate goal, hopefully. Mm -hmm. But these things, they just send a chemical reaction into your body that induces stress. Like it induces your body having to deal with what those chemical effects put it through. Right. And when you're in that state, when you're in that inflammation state, your body's trying to manage. So you're body's trying to survive, it's not thriving. So when you're in a constant state of survival, you're not repairing, you're not healing, you're not getting stronger. You know, it, it would be like going to the gym every day and just wearing out your muscles, your arms yeah. every single day and not allowing them time to rest. Hmm. You could still probably do it, you could probably still go and have some degree of a workout, but you're never going to experience any healing yeah, or any growth. Yeah. You're not going to get any bigger. You're not going to get any stronger. And then you're going to wonder what the fuck's going on while well, I'm here every day. You know what's interesting? Boy, that's just such an interesting way of putting it, man. But it, it makes me think about, like, I'll take alcohol as, as, as an example. And as you know, I'm like, what is it? I think I'm up to 60 days sober or something like yeah. that. Um, when you think about the damage that you do that that you that you're doing to your liver and you're trying to process this alcohol on a regular basis your body is kind of ha that's where the, the the focus is now as yeah. soon as you rid yourself of that kind of garbage yeah your body all of a sudden starts kind of taking a look at other places in your body and being like okay well what else where else can i look and repair what else can i kind of shift my attention to yeah now that i've kind of dealt with this whole liver situation and all of a sudden it's not a constant bother for me yeah. or somewhere what i need to worry about where else what have i been neglecting yeah. because i've been using so much of this energy to to, to to heal this area then it starts going into different areas why do you think people's skin all of a sudden clears up so so nicely after they stop drinking yeah you know because all of a sudden they're hydrated a little bit better their circulation's a little bit better like yeah. it's your body is just this incredible tool that we <laughs> abuse yeah. with so much shit right. on a regular basis, man. You know, we said it before, a garbage in, garbage out. And and you and the car analogy, even though you don't think it was a good one, I thought it was a great one. Totally. Thank you. And, and what you're saying is exactly correct. Like there's a there's a limited amount of resources at any given time that your body has to allocate to itself, you know? And, it, yep. and it's a function of, again, what, you're, what you said, what are you putting into it, you know? Like, mm -hmm. are you giving it more... Um, constructive fuel to use and it's not just yes for sure it's keeping the junk out and putting good things into your body but it's also 
putting good things into your mind. And that's why mm-hmm. I think these studies are so important and so significant to say, like, look at what you can do. Yeah. You don't have to go on this retreat and foc- and, and meditate and focus for whatever they did eight hours a day or something or rather like that. I think they did that to show like a very, very distinct yes. measurability yes. factor to this. But what it does lend itself to saying is that this can make a difference for you. One of the things that they did seem to incorporate with this, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, was diet. Yeah. And they focused uh, specifically, it seemed like, on a raw vegan diet. Yes, that's right. Why haven't you personally embraced that kind of a diet? My answer is that I don't, I don't think I'm there dot, dot, dot dot yet okay i might be like i i i for sure um eat a lot more fruits and vegetables than i ever did yep i i do eat less meat i mean i still eat a fair bit i got nothing against it Mm -hmm. works for me um but i i am eating a bit less of that so I don't know exactly yet. Like it, it, it truthfully, like it, it does feel better to kind of eat on this, you know, in this path. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we just kind of talked about stress a little bit. And one of the things, I don't know if we've talked about this on, uh, on the podcast before, but when an animal is in, um, you know, let's just take factory farming, for instance, uh, is in, a, in an environment like that where they're surrounded by death. Yeah. And they know basically that they're going to die, that they're going to be killed, that they're going to be slaughtered. The amount of stress that they're under at that point in time. I remember my dad actually used to work um, on the killing floor at a meatpacking plant here in Winnipeg. Yeah. And he said that the pigs were under so much stress that they would actually die of a heart attack before they even had a chance to butcher them. Wow. Now, you're consuming that meat afterwards. Yeah. This meat that was from this stressed out animal. Right. Is it is it reasonable to think that now you're putting that stress also into your body? I would say so for sure. And I would even, if this is where you were going as well, I would say that you're actually ingesting the inflammatory chemicals that are released in a stressed right. out that's what I'm getting, state of being. 100% what so, I'm getting at. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that, that's, yeah. that's, that's I would, really I would, food for thought and yeah. pun, pun it, thank you. I would, <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, <laughs> um, don't bring your kids to the 11 o'clock show. It gets real vulgar. Uh, but I was even thinking of the context sort of like energetically, right? And energetically, I would I would say, yeah, there's probably, you know, th- this food product energetically is probably not great. Right. But really, I think that there is actual merit. And I shouldn't say for sure because I don't know. I haven't researched it. But I bet you there's probably something out there by now that says, you know, we tested this food product. We mm-hmm. tested this food product. This, you know, was an animal under stress and duress. This was an animal not. In the wild or something. Sure. Yeah. I bet you it's different. I bet you it is, man. I bet you it is. Just one more reason to uh, eat, uh, I guess, well, a raw vegan diet or maybe even just at the least like deer meat from a, a you know, wild game or something like that. Yeah. Uh, an animal that was living out in nature and right until its its last moment you know, didn't realize that it was being taken out by, uh, you know, by a, by a bow hunter sawed off shotgun or whatever the guys used to <laughs> blow those things away. Yeah. Probably not that, but <laughs> bow, bow hunter seems more reasonable. I yeah. suppose. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what, man? Um, 
Yeah, definitely a lot to digest there. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Pushing it. It's almost kind of like quit while you're ahead. <laughs> but yeah, no, really, uh, really good. <laughs> Really good article. Like I said, I will throw it into the show notes because I think it is something interesting that I would like to share with people. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, uh, thanks for bringing that one to the table, man. Yeah. I, I really like. I, I I enjoy learning about these kinds of things. Again, it's a great reminder of how you can think yourself well or think yourself sick. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think I think people have long known you can think yourself sick. So why can't you think yourself well? I mean, it, it would seem to reason that the, you could do the same thing. You know, 100%. And, it's, and I think also one kind of closing thought with there actually being more science behind this kind of stuff is it is it helps in those instances where maybe people and we were speaking about spiritual spirituality being more kind of publicly learned, accepted, taught, things like that, and sort of the debate behind that. But I think this lends itself to further support that, you know, there's maybe there's some more kind of uh, objective grounds to all of this that mm-hmm. that will help people that might be unsure because they're saying, well, I don't know if I believe in stuff like that. You know, well, there's some data that you can believe in. It makes it a lot more tangible, right? Yeah. yeah. I heard somebody say, I don't know where I heard this, but that scientists are always so Diswilling to believe in miracles, but they also believe in the Big Bang Theory, which just yeah. happens to be like the biggest miracle yeah. ever. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, checkmate, sir. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just sweep all the 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 Bunsen burners off the yeah. table. Yeah, <laughs> fuck your science. <laughs> all, right. all right, y'all. Think well. We nice. love you. Yeah. <laughs> Take care.